Welcome to So Many Wrong Notes. <laughs> the podcast where two Asians squabble about music. Episode 1. What's the point? So Jeanette, what is this podcast about? This is a show about what it's like to be a keyboard player, or rather, a musician today. So we are two keyboard players making a living in this exciting slash confusing time. And this podcast deals with issues that we have at the forefront of our minds. And we think you probably do too. So. Yeah. And so each week we're just going to pick a topic that, you know, we find interesting and talk about it. And But before we get there, I think there's one very important question that we need to ask and then answer. Do you know what, what that is, is it? Jeanette? Who the hell are we? Yeah. So who the hell are we? Well, I'll start. I'm Jeanette, and I play the piano, um, and I am part of a chamber group that is a piano quartet at a music center in Virginia. It's a nonprofit. So, um, yeah. So I do this for a living, and I have a lot of fun. Okay, your turn. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm Francis, and I am not a pianist, thank God. I am a harpsichordist. <laughs> I, I like That's to... so mean. I know. I know. I'm a reformed pianist. Mm. Uh, I switched to the harpsichord, and uh, I got my DMA at the University of Michigan, which is where Jeanette and I met. And currently, I'm just freelancing and teaching and uh, adjuncting. And plinking. And clinking. See, that's offensive. That's offensive to harpsichord kind. Yeah. No, no, because I was saying plink for both of us. Because, you know, I plink. I plink. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess. Okay, we both we are both plinkers. It was not meant offensively. It was meant with the utmost respect. I understand. Perhaps I'm just too sensitive, but I was I a little bit offended. But it was just a misunderstanding. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, but let's move on, though. I mean, that really doesn't tell us who we are. So I think the best way to really kind of get a sense of who we are is to just ask each other. Some stupid questions, all right? Are not stupid questions, actually. Are not stupid questions? Oh, shoot. Just okay. some stupid questions. Okay, fine. Whatever. Not serious questions. How about that? That's for the listener to decide. Okay. I okay. think they're stupid. Jeanette thinks some are not stupid. You tell us, okay? So, Jeanette, you want to start? Sure. Okay. So, you're being robbed by a composer. Which composer, one, would rob you, and would you be able to beat in a fight? Which composer, so it has to be the same composer that's robbing me, and I would be capable of beating in yeah, a fight? Yeah, it's like, it's like fitting a puzzle together. you got to fit okay. the two pieces. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Well, first of all, I just don't like imagining fighting in general uh, you know there are very few people that i could probably fight and win perhaps children yeah. children i could beat in a fight <laughs> that's so much worse to say i know i'm just gonna beat I'm just... up a child <laughs> yeah that's frowned upon from what i hear okay um <laughs> okay who could who's gonna rob me and then who's going who can i then beat 
in yeah, the think malicious. Fight. Oh my god. Yeah, there's a lot of assholes out there that yeah. compose music. Are. Okay. <laughs> I think. Franny's deep in thought. He's rubbing his nose because I am, he's so deep because in thought. I just, like, <laughs> totally floored by this question. Okay. Just because I think he's a horrible human being, I'm going to say Wagner. I Good. love Wagner's music, but he was a complete jackass. So I think yeah. he would actually rob me. And I think because he was such a coward, you know, he would always yeah. run away. I think yeah. I could probably take him in a fight. I think so. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. You could just squash him with your hand. <laughs> and then he like poop out velvet curtains. I'm sure of it. Wait, did you just say poop out velvet curtains? Yeah. I don't get that. Why would he poop out velvet curtains? Because he surrounded himself with velvet. So he eventually, like by osmosis, just absorbed all the velvet because he really loved it. I don't know. It should make sense to you. I'm. It doesn't. But you know what? Just, just. I'm just gonna say okay. It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> you pooped Moving out. on past the poop joke <laughs> that didn't fly. By the way. Yeah. Normally, I'm the one making poop jokes, and you broke the poop joke seal first. I just well, want that I mean, for the record. Oh, well. I mean, you can't take all the poop glory. No, I can't. Right? But I mean, like, as more people get to know me, they know that I enjoy a good poop joke. This is why I think Mozart and I would probably get along. But I'm okay. surprised. I thought I would be the one breaking the seal on the poop joke. But no, you did. I, I surmise that for the rest of the podcast, you will eventually far surpass me in the poop joke category. So... That is probably true. Okay, here's your question. Okay. What composer would you like to grab a beer with? Hmm. Well, you know, initially, I was thinking Schubert. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he's so lovable, and he he liked to drink a lot. And he had a good time with his friends. Like, he yeah. really liked that. Yeah, he was a party um, animal, wasn't he? Yeah, and I bet he was probably drunk 18 hours out of the day. <laughs> I think they were all drunk. The water was unhealthy to drink at the time. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it was like their blood. Well, but then, yeah, I was just thinking like, you know, I don't know if Schubert was funny, but I do know Prokofiev was funny, like hilarious. And he'd probably be the type of asshole I trust. Do you know what I mean? Like those assholes that are actually like the best friends you'll have, but you have to get through that thorny yeah yeah i know i think you're you're my asshole am i no i just wanted to make that joke you're my asshole. no you're my asshole (laughs) (laughs) we're both each other's assholes oh this is why we're friends this is (laughs) and why we have no other friends actually exactly it's pretty sad Uh. it's okay Okay. (laughs) all right ask me ask me a question okay um this I really want to know is chocolate flavored poop or poop flavored chocolate? God. It's a good one, right? It's a good one, and it's also another. Oh my God! Poop joke. I, I surprised you. You have to work really hard now. I know. It's like it two to joke, zero. Technically. It's not it's a not joke. Really a joke. Right, fine. Yeah. Reference. Poop reference. Uh, um, chocolate flavored poop or poop flavored chocolate. Is this 
<laughs> okay, is this chocolate flavored? Where is this chocolate flavored poop coming from? Is it? Oh, oh, good, good, good question. Um, let's say it's somebody else's. It's not your own. Poop flavored chocolate. But again, but then really? I, I want to ask, how is the poop flavor coming about? Is this like it? It literally tastes like chocolate. Like there's no 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 mis- well, like... no no no. That's not what I mean. If I have oh. a poop flavored chocolate, right? Oh my god! How are we getting the poop flavor? Are there any? Natu- are you gonna be food snobbing me? Are you I, doing the food snobbing? Yeah, because you can you can create so many flavors in the lab, but you can also create flavors with natural ingredients. This I'm- okay. This is chocolate that tastes like Giardelli's best chocolate. Is that a fancy chocolate that you like? Yeah, that's a nice chocolate. But okay. But th- you're talking about the chocolate flavored poop. I'm talking yeah. about the poop flavored chocolate. Where is the poop flavor coming from? Oh, the poop flavor comes from the same poop that is organic. I guess I don't know how you would poop flavor something. I haven't thought about that part. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, how would you poop flavor something? I don't know. Like, you know what, Jeanette? Would you rather pick someone else's nose or have someone pick uh, your nose? This is so dumb. Like, because uh, cho- chocolate flavored poop and poop flavored chocolate. Well, is I mean, dumb. it tells your personality because I would answer oppositely, and so I mean, well, I, I don't know what this. So, I definitely would rather pick somebody else's nose. Yeah, I'm not having somebody stick a finger up my nose. Like, no brainer. Exactly. Yeah, well, there's no dissent here, so it's actually... Well, I don't know. I've asked this question to a, lo- a, a good group of people, and they've answered differently. I find that hard to believe. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like they... I think the idea of having other person's gunk on their finger just grosses them out. So they'd rather have somebody violate their nose? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm saying I don't know what they're, where that other person's finger's been. I know where my finger's been, so I'm just going to go pick that person's Wait, so nose. what percentage of people said that I, I, they would rather? You know what? Okay, I think, I think it's about 50-50. Seriously. Were they girls or were they guys? <clears throat> um, they were mostly girls would rather have someone else pick their nose. Huh. You're the first girl I think that I've asked that have said the opposite that's really interesting i know but um because it's 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 a violation it is a violation but yeah one would think i don't know is there consent involved in this oh i don't know about that that's a whole can of worms exactly yeah i don't think we should get there yeah (laughs) i don't think we should go there for a future time (laughs) we'll talk about no speaking is not Mm. Yeah. Mm. Consent and okay. nose picking that we'll talk about that later. All right. Okay. Last question, Jeanette. You ask me. <laughs> okay. Fanny Mendelssohn, Louise Viardo, or Ellen's Willich. Fuck Mary Kill. This is not fair if you don't know all of them. <clears throat> and I don't. <laughs> really? Yeah. <sighs> Okay. I know. I'm awful. Okay, okay, okay. Um, another set. Okay. Amy Beach. Uh-huh. Fanny Mendelssohn. Or Alma Mahler. This is an easy one. Yeah, this is kind of easy. Okay. Without a doubt, kill Alma Mahler. Agreed. Yeah. 
Uh, hmm. Amy Beach. I know a couple of pieces by her, but I don't really know oh. her very well. See, this this is showing how well, unfeminist I am when it comes to music, right? Because I don't no, know. No, you read. Oh, oh, I should have said. Oh, I should have said. Oh, but we have to do composers. I was gonna say Jane Austen, because you started reading Jane Austen. I did. Yeah. So people can tell. Okay, can I change it? Can I change it? Okay. All right, tell. Change it. Jane Austen. Okay. Fanny Mendelssohn. Mm-hmm. Are shit. Or shit. Ellen's Willage. Are shit. <laughs> no, no. Ellen's All Willage. Right. Hold on a minute. Because you know who she is. I don't you know don't... who she is. I'm sorry. I don't. Who do you know? What female composers do you know? I don't really know that many. Uh, this is what okay. I mean. Okay. Okay. This, you know what? This is a great topic for another show, by the way. Yes. How little I know about female composers. And I'm going to yell at you. Yeah, you should. I should. I mean, I feel, I'm i well, embarrassed right now. Well, we fit two stereotypes, right? Yeah. Do we? Yeah. I'm angry Asian woman. Angry Asian dragon lady. <laughs> angry? And you're angry, angry. Angry. And you are ignorant. Oh, you're not white. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ignorant over 30 man who doesn't know any women composers, even though there's a lot out there. Yes, and I'll take that. Okay, but I am still asking Jane Austen, Clara Schumann, or Fanny Mendelssohn. Oh, I didn't ask that. Okay. No. That's that's three. That's three. That's three. Okay, wait. Say it again. Jane Austen, Fanny Mendelssohn, and Clara Schumann. Yeah. Okay. I think... Because her books are so much about this, I'd probably marry Jane Austen. And I don't think she huh. ever got married in real life, right? I don't think she she did. No, but you got to watch out. She'd be scribbling all these notes all around you. And then as soon as you walk in, she'll like hide her, her manuscript. And you'll be like, what are you doing? And she'll be like, go away. I hate you. <laughs> I uh, bet that's how it went down. Uh, what was it? I'd be honored to be a despicable character in an Austen novel. I'd fuck Clara Schumann. You'd fuck Claire Schumann. Yes. Because you know she's good at fucking. Because you yeah. have a shit ton of kids. Exactly. And uh, unfortunately, even though I really like Fanny, I guess I'm going to kill her. Well, you know, she's not a presence that we've gotten to know. No. She doesn't have a lot out there. Yeah. Although, yeah. I heard this theory, and I don't know if it's true, but I heard that a lot of uh, F- Felix Mendelssohn's stuff is might be by Fanny. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know. I only heard that as a rumor. I've not read up on it, but maybe. Was it a scholar who said it, or was it like one of those I don't know. It might have been like a stupid Facebook post. That's where I get most of my information now anyway. Oh, yeah. It's verifiably stable information. Exactly. That's why the election turned out the way it did. Anyway. No. No. Sorry. Not going there. We're not going there. I'm with her. Do I have to ask you a question now? Okay, here's my last question to you, Jeanette. I mean, technically, you don't have to. Uh, I know, but I just want to, just to even it out. Okay? Okay. Fuck, marry, kill. Uh-huh. Three... You're so serious! I know. Well, this is a very serious topic. Okay. Three uh, titans of the piano repertoire, all right? Uh-huh. Okay. Frederick Chopin, Franz uh-huh. Liszt, Robert uh-huh. Schumann. 
Oh shit! I want to kill both two two of them. Shit. Okay. Well, obviously, I'm going to fuck Franz Liszt. Yeah. I mean, no doubt about it. That guy had a shit ton of tricks up his ass. Um, I bet he was well hung. Yeah. And I, you know, I used to have a poster of Young List. Oh yeah. You know, like the dashing Young List on on in my room for really? most of my adolescence. So. Oh my. So um, instead of like I don't know, like New Kids on the Block. I think you're old enough for New Kids on the Block. I don't know. Yeah. No. I don't know what New Kids on the Block look like. I think my I time was Backstreet Boys. Oh, was it Backstreet Boys? Yeah. Is this how old I am? You're not older not than that, me. I know. Like, you're like... Or is this how not with it with popular culture I am? Maybe. Because yeah. you are a harpsichordist yeah, after all. Though. Again, that's offensive <laughs> for harpsichord kind. <laughs> all right. You're okay. All right. So I, I, I'd fuck Francis. I would... I really want to kill both Robert Schumann and Chopin because they both annoy me. Not musically, they annoy me from what I have read about their personalities, but probably Chopin more because he would whine a lot. Mm. And I can't stand whining. That's like number one turn off. So, okay, kill him. Oh, shit. Do I have to marry Schumann? Yeah, you do. So oh, you know, that's okay. That's okay because he goes crazy and yeah. then I'm alone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So okay. let's move on. Let's just move on. Uh, this week, we just want to talk about what's the point? What's the point of pursuing music? And I really think the best way... Light of, question. What's that? A light question to start with. Yeah, it's a very light question. Um, I think the best way to get into it is just by asking why why do you play music so i'm gonna throw that at you Jeanette. why do you play music you know i never thought i would do anything else Hmm. it was just uh you know it wasn't like one day i decided oh yes i'm going to seriously pursue this i just kind of always had that as my thing i was I, you know, like when I was young, I, I would do a lot of different things and I had a short attention span, which we know now is for a good reason. But um, I like I would do art. I do gymnastics. I quit that. I do ballet. I quit that. Um, I try my hand at oil painting. I quit that. You know, I never stuck anything. But the one thing that I knew I was going to do and it was going to be really important was piano. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I tried to articulate this when I was a teenager just just thinking about like why is this so important to me like why do i have to do piano <laughs> and and it, like at the heart of it is i think music gets to the core and it gets to the core truth and i i kept i was fascinated by that by the fact that like i could feel everything about me about others about life mm. in music and and i felt the most comfortable with the piano like um i was socially awkward and just like always overthinking and overanalyzing everything else but piano i felt me and that just had to be there i had to express through there first of all you socially awkward i don't know I, I'm, oh my god i'm the socially awkward one but the, i was in the special class special class I yeah didn't know yeah this. yeah yeah you know one of those like we rode the short bus 
Oh my god. Yeah, what? yeah. They picked us all up early in the short bus, and then we went to our like special gifted class, oh. and everyone hated us. Like they, uh, they literally. See. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But that's funny to me. That I mean, it's not funny, but it's it's striking to me that you would say that piano felt so natural to you. I mean, is that fair to say? Did it feel natural, piano? Mm-hmm. And yeah. it felt like the one place where you could really truly be yourself. That I could release. That I could, yeah, be that's, free. I think that's great, and I'm sort of envious of that because I don't have that relationship with the piano. I think the whole huh. reason that I pursue music is that I was always kind of fascinated by narrative. Mm-hmm. I think.、Um, I'm always fascinated by stories, hearing stories. I mean, my hobbies are reading and eating,、yeah. right? And so, wait, what does eating have to do with stories? Reading? Well, eating doesn't. No, has eating. To, eating has nothing to do with stories. It's just it、oh, happens just to be、that. my two hobbies, and they、okay. sort of rhyme. Reading, eating. Yeah, you thought I was saying one. Yeah. When I was saying the other. Exactly. And I guess you know what? If you watch enough Top Chef. You can tell a story with food, so maybe I don't get that though, because you can't taste it. Like you can't smell it, you can't taste it. How can? How is it? It's just like evil, tantalizing. <coughs> well, that's why it's called food porn, but that's not important. Anyway, I、okay. was just、okay. always fascinated by stories, and、mm-hmm. what drew me to music was that it can tell a story, right? Regardless、yeah. of, and. Regardless of how long or short the piece is, yeah, a piece tells a story, and、yeah. I sort of became fascinated by how that that happens because it's just sound, right? It's just sound. How does sound tell a story? Yeah, yeah, and it it's so without language complex. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And not only that, not only does it tell a story, it like can evoke. So many feelings. Oh, you're getting hoarse with emotion.、Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are you choking up with your your, your story? Actually, I just had a frog in my throat, and I just didn't want to really clear my throat.、Mm, that that is annoying too. Yeah, that's fine. But anyway, it can really elicit all these complex emotions、yeah. that you know is hard to name even. Mm-hmm. So. That's what always fascinated me, and the reason why I played piano was, first of all, it was forced on me by my parents. Oh, right! I, the Asians、yeah. want you to do music seriously, and then expect you not to major in it. Exactly. Ah.、Uh. And so I think that's why I never had this relationship with the actual instrument that I feel like you have. Hmm. And, but the reason that I kept playing it was because I was fascinated by the music and. Piano music is great in that you can play complete works by yourself, and you just get a sense of the story. Yeah.、Right? Because it's hard to get a sense of the complete picture of something when you're working on something by yourself, and then you put it together, right? When you put it together with other musicians, it's, together, it's completely different. Yeah. yeah. So、um, that's sort of why I kept playing the piano, and that's why. I went into music because I was just fascinated by that, and then of course, this was before I even knew music theory existed. And then when I found、right. out music theory existed, I like had a nerdgasm. 
Oh my god. Because that's what essentially what music theory is, is right figuring out what the story is and how it was put together. Right. And so that's why I kept playing piano. And then at a certain point, I just got so sick of the piano that I started exploring <laughs> other things. And how can you be sick of... Okay. Well, you know, I tell this story and it's partly true. When I was at Manhattan School of Music, partly true. I... I <laughs> What I what I say when you were is, partly at Manhattan School of Music, partly, by partly true is, um, it's a lot. There were a lot of complex reasons why I went into harpsichord. This is a mm-hmm. story that I tell, that's true, that is kind of clear to a lot of people. Like when I have to give like summed a, up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <clears throat> is when I was at Manhattan School of Music, I think for some reason. Everybody was playing the fourth Chopin Ballade, which is Ugh. a piece that I love, by the way. I love that piece. But I just felt like I was... So overplayed. Yeah, I just felt like I was hearing that from every single practice room. And I just wanted to just... I just Sorry. wanted to find something else. And so I took this harpsichord class, and then I just learned about all this new repertoire, that, at least new-to-me repertoire, mm-hmm. that... I just fell in love with. But yeah. the the main thing though is the kind of tactile satisfaction that yeah. playing the uh. harpsichord gives me. Yeah. Because whenever I played the piano, I always felt like there was there was something blocking me from the sound. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. I've always felt like there was a middleman. But on the harpsichord I press a key and I can feel the string. Yeah. And I just feel like the control I have over that string and the control I have in making that sound. Yeah. And it's fascinating to me how when I play the harpsichord, how I approach the key drastically affects the sound. Yeah, I think I remember you saying that to me when when you gave me my brief harpsichord lesson. Yeah. About about how like you feel the release, and yeah. that determines your like and and it was like a certain type of release gives you more expressivity and like a certain intention of it like yeah. and it was so subtle but like yeah you're right you can really feel it you can feel it and I think you can really hear it yeah and you're talking about releases which are incredibly important I'm also talking about how you approach the key. Mm-hmm. So how you make that initial pluck and then how you get away from the key after that. And just subtle variations, I think, make a huge sound difference. It is more obvious on the harpsichord, isn't it? That difference. Yeah, I think so. Um, it, it's just more immediate, I think. Yeah. And the fact that I could probably spend hours just doing that, just playing one note with one finger. Yeah. Right? just gives me this physical connection to the harpsichord <laughs> that I never felt with the piano. Like You know, you know, Franny actually <laughs> suggested this. He suggested playing one finger on one note up and down the harpsichord as an exercise. Just just one note with one finger, only one finger. Yeah. It's like really isolating it out. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And that's not original to me, by the way. Oh, okay. Right. You should have just taken credit for it, cause 
I, I'm, okay. I'm sorry. I, grew up, I don't know any better. <laughs> I know you don't know any better, but I grew up Catholic and the Ugh. guilt. Anyway, <sighs> so that's why <clears throat> I play music, and that's why I specifically chose the harpsichord. And that's really interesting. Like, um, that you felt the block with the piano, but then you felt at one with the harpsichord. Because, well... When I play the harpsichord, I feel like it is a foreign thing that I hate <laughs> because I can't, I can't do anything with it. I mean, I just, I just like, I'm so frustrated. Yeah, no. And I understand that frustration because I think I felt the same kind of frustration when I started playing harpsichord after playing piano for so long, you know, mm, okay. <clears throat> I, re I like distinctly remember my first experience playing harpsichord. I was reaching with my foot for the invisible pedal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like, why? I know how to make this sound better. It's the pedal. Oh, wait, there is no pedal. But but I will I will say this. Like, I mean, as a pianist playing a harpsichord, I often overattack. Like, mm. that's the, the main thing. And then it's always like, oh, wait. There are times when I realize how much sensitivity is required. And I think that makes sense with what you're saying. Yeah. That sensitivity was what drew you. I think so, yeah. It's, uh, it's sensitivity, immediacy and connection with the sound making device because that's what an instrument is right right which you feel with the piano which yeah i which i think is great but it's kind of foreign to me so yeah but the more important question i guess is despite the instruments that we chose like we have certain instruments that are more for us why would we choose to do this as a career though i mean we had other options open to us Right. Mm -hmm. And and actually, we were encouraged to pursue other things by our parents. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, I think uh, doctor for you, doctor for me. Yeah. Yeah. Medical much. doctor. <coughs> yes, well, we bring... are. We are both doctors. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just not the kind of doctors our parents wanted well, us to be. I, I only wanted to be Dr. Fang for the name because it sounds so cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've, villain. I've always wanted a doctorate. I've always wanted. I don't know why. Really? Yeah. Well, I thought, oh, good. Another three years so I can avoid real life. <laughs> I don't know. But which brings us to our question. Exactly. Is, yeah. Why do we fear real life as a pianist or a harpsichordist? Why do we fear real life? Or why our, do like, we? Why, why is it hard and why do we choose it? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, in a sense, I always felt like this was the only thing that I wanted to do, just like you. Yeah. Just like you, I thought this was the only thing I wanted to do, and it's always been on my mind. And of course. Yeah, and despite discouragement, I just yeah. kept doing it. Yeah. And it almost doesn't feel like a choice. There's that, yeah. Yeah, there's that great <clears throat> there's that great line from The Godfather. Every I time seen the Godfather. it's fine. <clears throat> and, and I'm actually sort of referencing The Sopranos because there's a character on The Sopranos that does a great impression of this. But the line <laughs> is every time that I think that I'm out, they pull me back in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right cuz you tried to do other things, right? I, yeah. I I've thought about doing other things, yeah. Like there was a time when I was seriously studying for the LSAT oh really yeah. I didn't know about this <clears throat> yeah and I was 
studying for the LSAT, and then I got a job teaching music theory. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, I think there is something to be said about the fact that it is that challenge of music that drew you in. Like, you were fascinated by how stories were made by music, which gets to the central question of why is music so good at reaching emotions we can't articulate? Right? Yeah. Like, that that was what compelled me, is there were emotions there that felt at the heart true. Mm-hmm. And I felt like to pursue music was the right path toward finding truth. And, I mean, it, once you're like that, it does kind of sound like a religion, right? Like, we're like, yeah. there's no other reason. Like, we just have to do it. Exactly. But, I mean, this is kind of what is necessary, isn't it? Like, I sometimes get students asking me, should I go into music? And it's like, go into music if you can't do any, you can't envision yourself doing anything else that exactly. this is all you want to do and you can spend a lot of time doing it because it is hard. Yeah, it is hard. And I do have to be honest. I mean, I still think about doing other things. But then when I start thinking about doing other things, I just don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you get insanely depressed, right? It's not even insanely (laughs) depressed. It's like, it's almost like I don't know how to do it. Yeah. I mean, I know I can do it. I I guess it's the discipline thing, right? I think I've learned the discipline of sort of being a musician. Right. And then it's hard to learn the discipline of doing something else, even though I'm. Especially when you don't want to. (laughs) And it's not even that I don't want to. It's more like I just. I guess it is I don't want to. It's just yeah. like, at the time, I think I want to. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, because you're eager for another answer. Maybe, but... yeah. <laughs> and, but I also think it's just important to <clears throat> to keep your minds open. Or, or just, look, there are so many people, especially in classical music, who I think are just yeah, no, obs- I agree. obsessed with classical music, right? And you yeah. can't really talk about anything else. And I just think... And I, I have to admit, I used to be like that as well. But now I, th- I think it's so yeah. important to just kind of have other interests. Yeah. And you can't think like that anymore. Yeah. Not today. Like, this is really irresponsible of any classical musician to think that we still have this world that is insular and we don't think outside of it. I mean... In order to make a living nowadays when declining classical music audiences and declining relevance in society, we have to think outside the box because people are failing to see the importance and the value of music in their life, of music education Mm -hmm. and of going to concerts and actually. and, And that's a big problem. And classical musicians, it is our duty right now to actually think about how to reach those audiences exactly and i think that's sort of why i'm still in it as well it's just i'm fascinated by um how we can reach new people yeah and and show how pretty much nothing has changed as much as we think they have yeah because people think classical music is this kind of pie in the sky hoity-toity thing and historically yeah it was kind of for the rich but you know but it, that was also a man-made construct. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, I'm, but my point being, it still reached people emotionally. People really connected to the music, I think. Yeah. I and mean, this is something... Oh, sorry. Yeah, well, Go no, ahead. it's fine. It's just, it really connected with people. And I think 
the, this music still connects with people. It's just there's been an obstacle put up somehow culturally, yeah. you know, in society that classical music can't reach people emotionally. It's only for just appreciate people who've been educated, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. And that's so not true because I mm-hmm. loved Beethoven when I was 10 and I knew almost nothing about classical music. Right. Yeah. It's elemental. Yeah. I mean, we latch onto sounds and emotions first. And it, it, I mean, this is something I've thought a lot about because I, I work in a nonprofit and, and, and we are a music center surrounded by a community that doesn't see the value of it. I mean, most of our audience is tourists. Yeah. People who are getting older and love classical music because they grew up taking lessons. Nowadays, none of the kids around us take lessons. There mm. isn't a music education program in where I live. And that's a big reason why people think it's only for certain select people. Yeah. I mean, they think they just can't appreciate it. And there's all this apology to it. But from outreach concerts that I've done, I know that it gets to little kids. And they love it. Yeah. They're fascinated. I mean, it's just a matter of exposure. Exactly. It's a matter of exposure. And speaking of little kids, I mean, I remember playing Handel for a group of fifth graders. I think it, I think they were fifth graders. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And it was a violin sonata. Um, pretty famous. Anyway. Oh, okay. That one. Yeah. They started clapping along. And it was the best performance experience I've ever had, I think. Right? It yeah. It was so great. And they felt the energy of it. They felt the buoyancy of that piece. And they were moved to clap. And I thought that was great. And yeah, they haven't learned to not like classical music. Exactly. That's what their parents tell them eventually. Or, I mean, like, not just their parents, but society at large. I guess, like, in, in my small microcosm, I see that... There are kids who want to go to concerts, but there are parents who are convinced them that they shouldn't because that's for rich people. Uh, I see. There's a big us versus them mentality yeah. going on. But yeah, I think that's part of why we're both still in it is to sort of get rid of that us and them mentality. And just with that story of the fifth graders clapping along or a performance I gave at a retirement community where a woman came up to me in tears, it's the fact that you can... Tears yeah. because she was moved, by the way, not because I played horribly. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Yes. Tears because I played horribly happen <laughs> frequently. But tears... Freddie's a beautiful player, in case anyone is wondering. <laughs> but anyway, I thought I did not play so well, but she was moved by the performance. But it's the fact that I can connect with these people. I can connect exactly. with a group of fifth graders who I would not know how to talk to in real life. Or yeah. This, or this... Uh, or this um, or this woman at the at this retirement community who I would again have struggle speaking with, but yeah, just a, an hour performance and we've connected and there's been a kind of a emotional deep collection collection sorry connection <laughs> <coughs> collection a pool yeah. of emotions. Exactly. No, I mean that that that's at the heart of it is. What do we want more than anything else in life is to connect to another human being, to really know someone and, and, and feel like we have gotten to them and that we've spoken to them and we've given them something. I mean, that's what music does more than anything else. Like, 
I mean, you give these two examples and I can think, all right, you might be able to have a heart to heart with somebody after multiple conversations of knowing them, but it, that requires time mm-hmm. and that requires like long, awkward buildup are like with the little kids, you'd have to spend a lot of time speaking their language. But the thing with music is it just cuts through all that. It just gets right to where someone feels like in a powerful way. Exactly. Yeah. It's so good. It is. Like, I, I, I was going to use a better word, but good came up. And That's whatever. fine. It is so okay. good. You know, I'm glad we talked about how we think it's important not to just focus on music. So, yeah, uh, Jeanette, what are you kind of obsessed with that's really not music related right now? Oh, well, um, you know, you know, my my new thing. And in when I say obsessed, I mean, like I read articles about this thing wow. and i listen to podcasts about this thing because i want the discussion and i want to hear other people's opinions and i want that community about this thing and yeah i waste a lot of time being obsessed i have to say so uh this thing is the show jessica jones it's uh it's a good show it's a really, sure. and i don't watch tv shows very often no you I don't. don't even yeah i mean i don't have the attention span for it um so. yeah jones. so it's a, it's a it's a marvel comic show but it's not it's not a typical Marvel comic show, which is probably why I like it. I mean, I, I love a good comic, but I don't like a bunch of shows out there because, you know, suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. Um, there's too much bad acting and it's just very black and white. Like it's limited because in a way, comic books are some of them. The big ones, at least, are just very black and white in terms of morality. Yeah. But um, Jessica Jones is interesting because she is. A very complex character and she has a lot of baggage um and you can see that struggle of trying to do the right thing oh. that comes with a relatable character and which is pretty badass she's pretty badass and i i just love how they use the comic book format the superhero format to actually get at larger issues that are important like larger issues that everyone can relate to such as like sexual assault Hmm. violation like just complex human issues and the sort of comic book guys is like a really smart metaphor actually yeah so yeah it's good acting great great um script i think you should check it out i'll check it out yeah i haven't seen i'd it. like to discuss it with you to further my obsession okay i'll do that and then one day it'll be out one day it'll be out well that was a fart I, 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 I think I got that. Thank you. <laughs> you don't Just have in to... case you thought that was like a, a, a poop related thing. So, well, I guess I guess farts are poop. Yeah, adjacent. it is. Yeah. Like, by the way, that's three to zero, by the way, of poop references. <laughs> I just wanted to say poop adjacent. So, OK. OK. Your turn. What are you obsessed with? Well, I, th- I said before that my hobbies are reading and eating. And so mm-hmm. right now it's the eating portion, which is um baking bread i love your hobbies by the way they're great hobbies fully fully on board with those hobbies (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i've been baking bread a lot recently and specifically yeah specifically from a book called flour water salt yeast hey a book so they're kind of oh my god a merch (laughs) my hobbies have merged but oh wait i should say it's it's e it's uh reading and snacking those would be my hobbies. So slightly uh, very, yeah. So, okay, yeah. go ahead. But um, anyway, it's this book by Ken Forkish, Flour, Water, Salt, Yeast. 
and Orkish. he <gasps> his Orkish. name is like a, a fork i know fork. i know oh my god that's I amazing didn't, i didn't even notice that um, you're not even drunk right now <laughs> what is this <laughs> But he has, I think, what I call an idiot-proof method of making bread. Ooh, very good. Where it's just all taking place in just this one tub. And like a bathtub? No, or? no, no, like a dough tub, like a 12-quart dough tub. I, I don't know what a dough tub is. It's just like this clear plastic tub. <laughs> could you, like, bathe a small child in it? Like You could it, probably like... fit a baby in there, yeah. <laughs> That's but, a lot of bread. Oh, well, my God. No, well... It's not that much. You don't use the entire 12 quarts. Okay. It's just... But you, like... But you mix the... everything in there. Okay. So it has enough room for you to mix everything. And the kneading process is just folding the dough in the tub. So you don't really, like, mess up a lot of dishes or anything like that. That's really smart, actually, yeah. because the the times I've attempted bread, which have been failures... um dough all over the place. Like, yeah. flour, mm. just everything. Well, it's just such a mess. Yeah, it's horrible. It can be a mess, but... Seriously, check this guy's book out because you just buy, you, you invest maybe $40, $50 in equipment, but you just keep using that it's equipment f- again and again. It's $50 well, to buy a tub? The dough tub is not that expensive. You also need to buy some <laughs> proofing baskets. Proofing baskets. Yeah, and you also need to have a pretty good Dutch oven. Neither. I have none of these things. Okay. But anyway, it'll be a bit of an investment to get the equipment. But the bread that you make is worth the investment. I will bake you some bread and you will know what I'm talking about. Because this bread is really awesome. I like this obsession. Can your obsessions all be food related? And can you give me gifts? (laughs) This is pretty awesome. I have nothing to give you. Oh, I can give you smiles. That's worthless to me. I don't want your smiles. (laughs) And this brings us to the close of So Many Wrong Notes. New episodes every Sunday, available on our website, so manywrongnotes.com, are through iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. And visit our Facebook and Instagram, So Many Wrong Notes, our... Our very Asian Twitter handle, So Many Wrong Note. No S. So Many Wrong Note. No S. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next Sunday for episode two.